Hello and welcome to a Blue Hour Twilight Podcast, Episode 3, Monday, April 21st, 2008. I'm Kaylin from BlueHour.com and it's time to obsess about Twilight. Um, sorry I didn't get an episode out earlier, but I've been really busy with school. Um, finals are coming up, so I've been really busy. Um, but the photo section of the site is now fixed and running again, so yay for that. Um, there's some good stuff on there, so go check it out. Um, as you guys know, I love receiving emails with Twilight questions and theories, so shoot me an email at kaylin at bluehour.com, and I will respond to your email and possibly feature your question, theory, or idea on the show. Anyway, we will start out uh, with Breaking Dawn Countdown time. Um, so according to the official Breaking Dawn Countdown on Stephanie Meyer's site, we have 102 days of waiting left. Um, that's getting really close. I'm so pumped. Uh, the countdown is almost into double digits, so that's exciting. Make sure you reserve August 2nd for Breaking Dawn. Seriously, don't plan anything. Come on now. I continue to receive emails um, about the Edward Cullen jokes, so I guess I'll continue to tell them, even though I don't really want to. But um, this time, I'm going to read a submission from Molly. Um, her Edward Cullen joke is, Where does Edward Cullen make his withdrawals? at the blood bank. So thank you Molly for your Edward Cullen joke. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, So moving on to Twilight news. This week the Twilight moms have released pictures from the set of the prom scene. It looks so beautiful. Really amazing. Um, Wow. So go look at these. Um, They're on the photo section of my site or you can look at them on Twilight moms. Um, I was really excited to see these pictures, and you can see Bella's leg cast in the picture, which was really neat to see and made me really excited, but go figure. I'm always excited about anything to do with Twilight. Um, I was kind of sad about the set, though, because I thought the prom was supposed to be in the school gym because, you know, that's what they do in small towns. I don't really feel like Forks is glamorous enough to have a prom anywhere else, but, you know, rather than in the school gym. So... Whatever. You know, I guess it'll make for a better movie to have a cool prom location and, like, a visually beautiful set for the ending of the movie. I don't know. I'm not upset about the location of the prom because, you know, they could have been changing a lot worse things in the location of the prom. I was just kind of sad. Oh, um, also on KPTV, which is a local Fox News station in Oregon, they released a video with the footage from the prom scene, so you should probably go and watch that, too. The National Post and the Montreal Gazette both had interviews with Rachel Laferve. Um, she said, I play Victoria, who is an evil nomadic vampire, um, said Laferve. I absolutely love it. I have a thing for vampires. When I was 14, I read Bram Stoker's Dracula for the first time. I read the last page and said, no, not enough, and flipped the book over and started reading it again. Okay, she's definitely picked the right movie then if she loves vampires, so all the power to her. Um, you know, the more interviews I read and the more clips that I see of her, I like her more and more. Um, I think she'll be great, Victoria. I mean, I don't think I could have asked her a better actress to play Victoria. And I just keep picturing her and Edward in the fight scene in Eclipse, and I think that it's going to be so good. I mean, so good. Um, so that's something really to look forward to. Um, the movie Fanatic also released a four-part series on Twilight, so go and check that out. It was kind of neat. Um... Kelmet Happens, um, they got an interview with Kellen Lutz. Um, they asked, how are you similar to slash different from Emmett? And he said, I am Emmett, inside and out, which is why I'm so fortunate to be able to portray him. Playing Emmett doesn't feel like work at all. It's fun. Um, so I think he seems like a really cool guy too. But 
he's Emmett, so he has to be cool. Um, anyway, the Twilight Moms, they also put up an interview with Sarah Clark, um, who she's playing Renee, which is Bella's mom. Um, they asked her, what are your favorite and least favorite qualities about Renee? Um, she said, I love her creative spirit, but she seems a little lost in her life at the time when Bella goes to Forks. I think that it impairs her judgment as a mother. Um, she seemed pretty insightful, so you should go and check out uh, the rest of this interview on the Twilight Moms Forum. Slash Film released an article about the Twilight movie and the cast. And so according to IMDb, the biggest star in Hollywood at this minute is Taylor Lautner. Um, they also said that the Twilight movie is the 14th most searched movie on the internet right now. I was kind of depressed. This is sad numbers. 14, we should at least be first. Um, so we need to keep searching Twilight on the internet and make it number one. Um, so keep spreading the word about the Twilight movie. Um, Stephanie Meyer updated her the movie section of her website. She added um, a new picture of the of her and the cast of humans. And she feels like they don't get enough love, so we need to be showing the love to the humans. Uh, she also said that uh, Greg Boyce, who plays Tyler, wanted to everyone to know that Bella would definitely choose the guy with the cool van over some vampire. That made me laugh, because we all know girls love a good van. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie also talked about a funny April Fool's Day joke Peter Fascinelli played on her, and she gave us six fun facts from the set of Twilight. Um... Number one, while playing the playback from a very intense scene with Bella and Edward, the girl next to me literally slid out of her chair. I think her bones melted. She also may have stopped breathing for a few seconds, too. I know I did. Stephanie Meyer is so funny. She's always talking about how she's so nervous on the set and she's, you know, having to fan herself. And I don't know, she just cracks me up. Number two, she said Michael Welch can dance. Okay, this is funny. <laughs> just picturing, um, a Mike Newton dancing. I don't know. It just was funny to me. Um, number three, she said, Hugging Callan Lutz is the closest thing you can get to hugging a vampire. He is made of granite. But please do not try to hug Callan without his permission. Thank you. Okay, Twilight Moms, this message is right out to you. Don't hug Callan. <laughs> okay, number four. Uh, Portland is too cold for anyone, but especially for Arizonans. Um, number five. Jackson Rathbone can really play the guitar. Our taste in music is not exactly the same, but we found common ground with Radiohead's Creep, with which he serenaded me. Okay, that's really sweet. Way to serenade Stephanie Meyer, Jackson. Um, number six was, as you might guess, I do a lot of internal swooning on the set. However, I have an excellent poker face. Okay, I can really just imagine her being around the set and just all the time being like, oh my gosh, you know, these are my characters, um, and all these beautiful people, so I'm sure she really is doing internal swooning. Um, and she said, to conclude, I would like to make a few comments about Rob and Kristen, who are the true heart of this movie. First, they are both amazing actors. Second, they are channeling Edward and Bella like nobody's business. And third, you might want to bring a paper bag to the movie because their on-screen chemistry may cause hyperventilation. That is all. Okay, Stephanie seems so cool. She is. She cracks me up with everything she says. Um, I guess you know that maybe that's why I love her book so much. But you know, it's not surprising that I seem to like her even when she's just blogging on her website. Also, Michael Welch updated his blog talking about the Twilight fans' reaction to the term "twihards." Um, he says, "Your criticisms are valid, but I can assure you, twihard has always been a term of endearment." Okay, this poor guy, he comes up with a cool term for us Twilighters, and people rip him to shreds. 
seriously, if you're sending hate Mike's way, shame on you. So <laughs> send him your apologies, maybe some more socks, you know, tell him you love him. Because the guy, you know, he's really embraced the fandom and I appreciate him. You know, even even if I don't prefer Twihards or whatever, um, I still think it's cool that he bothered to come up with a name for us. Um, I think that's it for movie news. I can't think of anything else. Um, oh, oh, I, I cannot believe I almost forgot the most exciting news yet. Uh, Summit Entertainment via MTV released a promo. Okay, wow. Okay, that's all I can say is wow. Seriously, I peed in my pants a little bit the first time I watched this. It is jam-packed with stuff. Okay, there's a fight sequence, baseball scene, hospital scene. You get to see Bella's room, the biology room, the colon house, the, a car accident clip, a ballet studio fight. I think they even show the fire where they burn James. I'm not sure if that's what it is or not, but I'm pretty sure. Um, this video has um, a lot of clips of Stephanie Meyer. Um, talking about the movies and the books and also you get to see the nomads they're like walking down what kind of looks like some kind of a moving carpet thingy I don't really know what that is but I guess it's what's going to be used to make them look like they are really fast um, and they look fierce man those nomads I was like whoa they looked so intimidating with their fierce walks wow amazing and Cam looks super hot so that's exciting I just need a hot vampire that's all I'm gonna say um, also the video had a new tagline in it, and it was, um, when you can live forever, what do you live for? Um, I like this one a lot better than the first one, which was the forbidden fruit tastes the sweetest. I just thought it was more, had some more oomph, you know, I don't know. Um, and I think Kristen Stewart's interview in this video was my favorite. Um, <laughs> I like the part where she was talking about, she says, um, he looks like he wants to kill me, but what I think is interesting is that she likes it. Okay, the way she said it cracked me up, so you have to watch it to listen to her tone of voice. It is so funny. I laughed. And then she also said um, the two of them would definitely die for one another, uh, referring to Edward and Bella. So, you know, this video was amazing. So if you haven't seen it yet, go and watch it on MTV.com. And uh, Stephanie Myers was quoted on her website. Um, no, I think it was her MySpace, actually saying that it was the best three and a half minutes of her life. So definitely watch it. Um, it will make you excited and maybe just a little bit hot. Amazing. Okay, I think that's really all for Twilight movie news this time. Um, but before we move on to chapter by chapter, um, I received an email from Franzi in Germany. And it said, I really liked uh, the part of your chapter discussion about Charlie maybe knowing something more than we give him credit for. I think that Charlie knows about the Colons and that is why he's so nice about them. I believe that Charlie has something to do with the vampires and we will find out in Breaking Dawn. Okay, thanks for the email, Franzi. Um, I still haven't made up my, my mind about this theory though. I just really can't decide what I think about Charlie if he knows or if he doesn't know. So any more discussion about that, please send me an email. I really want your thoughts because this theory is driving me crazy. Um, okay, I guess so moving on to the chapter by chapter discussion. Um, today we are starting on chapter 3. Um, the title of chapter 3 is Phenomenon. Uh, the chapter starts out with Bella. She wakes up and it's uh, there's snow outside. And she mentions that the worst part of all of, um, of all of it was that the rain from the day before had frozen solid everywhere on the ground and on the trees and all that stuff. Um, where I'm from, this happens a lot, and it really makes the roads so slick that most people, they won't even leave their houses unless they have to because the roads are so dangerous. So um, this is like the perfect atmosphere for a wreck. 
Um, Bella thinks that it would probably be safer for her to go back to bed than to drive to school. Um, but I think that she was so excited to see Edward again that she went against her intuition just because she wanted to see him. Um, so she decided to go to school anyway, and when she was walking down her driveway to get into her truck, she almost falls. And um, she says that clearly she realized today was going to be nightmarish. Okay, I think Bella has really good intuition. Um, I think everyone has intuition, just not everyone has, uh, is very in tune with theirs. Like in my family, we all joke about um, our women's intuition because... Uh, we're kind of crazy in tune with ours. Uh, my grandma, my mom, my sister, and I, um, we all have these dreams about people, and we find out um, that, they're gonna, that they're sick or that they're coming to visit or um, weird stuff like that. And we get a lot of gut feelings, but I'll just stop right there before I scare anyone off or they think that I'm crazy. Um, but Bella, I think, is very in tune with her intuition because she has already alluded to the fact that she was going to uh, be in danger that day twice in the morning alone. I think that says a lot. Um, when Bella got to school, she didn't have any trouble getting there. And um, she realized it was because Charlie had put snow chains on her tires. So she gets really emotional about the snow chains. Um, I think it's because uh, she's realizing that Charlie really cares about her. And it's because she's used to being kind of being the parent all the time. And this is, I guess, a nice change for her, you know. For once, she's actually being taken care of and she's not playing the parent. She's actually getting to be the kid, like, what she, well, what she is. She is the kid. And it's like she finally gets to play the role that she is. Um, so Bella's standing at the back of her truck being all emotional about Charlie and the snow chains. And um, she hears this high-pitched screech and um, sees a dark blue van skidding across the parking lot. Um, she also notices that Edward is four cars down from where she is, um, and he's, like, looking at her with this horrified look on his, on his face, you know, it's just, like, terror, um, and I guess I'll read, uh, a bit of the crash scene to you so that you can have the full effect again, you know, to get it refreshed in your mind. Just before I heard the shattering crunch of the van folding around the truck bed, something hit me, hard, but not from the direction I was expecting. My head cracked against the icy blacktop, and I felt something solid and cold pinning me to the ground. I was lying on the pavement behind the tan car I'd parked next to, but I didn't have a chance to notice anything else, because the van was still coming. It had curled gratingly around the end of the truck, and still spinning and sliding was about to collide with me again. A low oath made me aware that someone was with me, and the voice was impossible not to recognize. Two long white hands shot out protectively in front of me, and the van shuddered to a stop a foot from my face the large hands fitting providentially into a deep dent in the side of the van's body. Then his hands moved so fast they blurred. One was suddenly gripping under the body of the van, and something was dragging me, swinging my legs around like a rag doll's till they hit the tire of the tan car. A groaning metallic thud hurt my ears, and the van settled, glass popping, onto the asphalt, exactly where a second ago my legs had been. That scene was so descriptive and exciting. Um, I was like... What just happened the first time I read it? I was kind of confused. Um, like, I understood all the, you know, parts of the accident, but I just didn't understand what she meant by Edward's hands had been, you know, bidding in the car and lifting it off of her. I was really confused about that. But um, after the accident was over, everyone started screaming, and Edward asked Bella if she was all right. And all Bella wanted to know was, you know, how, how had he gotten over there so fast because he had been, you know, four cars down. Um... Then he lied to her and he told her that, you know, he was right next to her. And uh, she wouldn't let it go, you know, that he was by his car and not by her. 
And so finally he was like, you know, Bella, please, you, you know. And so Bella asked him why, and I made him promise to explain it all later. And this was the first time um, when I really started to think that maybe this wasn't a story about just regular kids, you know. Um, then Bella was, you know, she was put on a stretcher, and she was getting put into the ambulance when she noticed that Edward's family looked angry and disapproving, and none of them really seemed concerned about, you know, their brother. So I think this was interesting that Stephanie, you know, added this to the story. Um, it really let us know that something fishy was going on because any normal family, they would have been really concerned about their brother if he had just been in, you know, some kind of an accident like that. But <clears throat> on the way to the hospital, Bella, you know, she started thinking that she was crazy. You know, I would think I was crazy too. Or, you know, I would think that maybe I'd just gotten confused about where I had seen Edward because of all the, you know, confusion and everything that happens so fast or... You know, and I would have put off, you know, the whole me seeing his hands crunching into the car as one of those, you know, adrenaline things. Because you see those moms, you know, lifting cars off their children and stuff like that. Then she was put into a room in the hospital and Tyler was next to her and he kept apologizing to her, you know. He was saying, you know, I thought I was going to kill you. I'm so sorry. So then he asked her how she had gotten away so fast. And so she lied and told um, him that Edward had been standing next to her and pulled her out of the way. So here we see Bella really protecting Edward in a way by lying to Tyler. But at the same time, if Bella had told Tyler what she was really thinking, he would have thought she was crazy too. So I can't decide if she's protecting him or protecting herself, you know, because if she mentioned that, you know, she thought he got there super fast, you know, she would seem like a moron or crazy insane. Then we get to meet uh, Carlisle for the first time and he was described as being young, blonde, pale, with dark circles under his eyes and more handsome than any movie star. Um, he told her that she could go home and that she had been extremely lucky and she told him that you know she'd been lucky that Edward had been standing there and he said yes and just you know immediately became occupied with Tyler you know and it was here that Bella's intuition you know really struck again and she realized that you know Carlisle was in on whatever was going on she didn't know what was going on but she knew that the doctor was also in on it um <clears throat> then Bella you know she asked she says you know Edward I want to talk to you alone and he reluctantly goes with her and then Bella asks for an explanation and I don't really think if somebody had just saved my life that I would be asking them about why they did it or even questioning it at all I would just be really grateful and thanking them a bazillion times. Anyway, she told him that she uh, she thought what she thought happened. And, you know, he kind of made her feel like an idiot for thinking that. But, I mean, I would never admit that I thought someone lifted a van off of me to anyone. So props to Bella for being so uninhibited. That really takes a lot of guts. But then she goes on to ask him why he even bothered to save her life. And he admits that he doesn't know why he did it. And then he just, you know, kind of walks away. So Edward's behavior towards Bella, you know, it really keeps confusing me. You know, when I first read the book, I was really confused. And he kept going from hot to cold. And, I, you know, I have to admit that I really kind of liked it. You know, it was really captivating. I was really intrigued by this quiet, intimidating guy. And I was wondering, you know, what was up with him? I mean, did he have some sort of power? Or was Bella really confused? I mean, this chapter really made me want to know even more about Edward. Okay, moving on, after they left the hospital, Charlie told Bella that she needed to call her mom um, because he had told her, you know, Bella was kind of upset that he told her, but it's her mom, you know, he kind of, you know, had to tell her he really did the right thing in telling her, but so when Bella called her mom, you know, she was hysterical and she told Bella to come home and 
know, Bella realized then that it was, you know, easy for her to resist because she wanted to stay in Forks, you know, now. Because she was really becoming obsessed with Edward. Um, I thought Renee's reaction was a bit dramatic to the whole situation, even though, you know, it's natural for a mom to be concerned about their children. But she knew that Bella was okay, so instead of being relieved, you know, she was still hysterical and telling Bella to come home. But whatever. <laughs> the chapter ended with her saying... That was the first night I dreamed of Edward Cullen. Okay, I thought that was pretty cute. And I can totally understand why she would become obsessed with Edward. I mean, look at how many of us are obsessed with Edward. So, I mean, it's not that surprising. Wow, okay, that chapter was really exciting and eventful. But you know, the first time I read Twilight, you know, not knowing that it was a vampire book, I could not figure out what was going on with Edward. I had so many crazy thoughts going on in my head, I just really couldn't figure it out. But um, continuing on to chapter four, which is titled Invitations, the chapter starts out with uh, the continuing of Bella's obsession with Edward. Um, she talks about the dreams that she's been having every night of Edward. You know, he's kind of walking away from her, and she can't catch up to him no matter how hard she tries. Uh, I kind of think this is symbolic of a few things. First, um, I think it's symbolic that Edward knows that he cannot and should not, you know, be with Bella because she's human and he's a vampire. Um, and somewhere, um, you know, very deep down in Bella's subconscious, I think that's there too. Um, second, uh, I kind of think that it shows Bella's desire to be with him and that she doesn't want to be without him. You know, so she's always trying to catch up because she feels like she's out of his league. Um, and I think that's the big, the big third factor is just that Bella feels like she's not in, you know, the same league as Edward, and the fact that Bella is dreaming about Edward every night really shows how obsessed she is with him, you know, and how he consumes almost all of her thoughts. And we have a new moon spoiler warning here. Um, you know, a lot of people think that the dream is really, you know, alluding to what happens on down the line in, like, new moon when Edward leaves Bella, but this really just isn't possible considering that when Stephanie Meyer wrote Twilight, um, she didn't write it as a series. It was an individual book. So I think that it's kind of hard for it to be alluding to New Moon at release. But, I mean, it's not impossible. I'm not saying it can't it can't be that, but I'm just saying it's probably not very likely. Bella said that, you know, the month that followed the accident was e uneasy and tense and, you know, embarrassing. Your Bella was already the center of attention because she was new and, you know, now, you, you know, it was even more... More attention was on her because you know, she had almost died in front of the entire student body. You know, this kind of reminds me of the movie Clueless when uh, Ty is held over the rail at the mall and then, you know, she becomes more popular than Cher because everyone wants to know about her near-death experience. I know that's really off-topic, but I always think about this. Um, you know, that movie's pretty old. I don't, know if everyone, I don't even know if everyone's seen it or not, but that's just what I think about. I'm sorry. Moving on. Um... I think it shows a lot about, you know, basic animal instinct that no one was, you know, asking Edward for his account of the accident. You know, they just avoided him like always. Um, I think this shows that deep down that everyone, you know, they kind of know that the colons were dangerous, you know, they were kind of a threat, but they just couldn't, you know, register it. They couldn't, you know, make the connection in their brain. Or, you know, it could just be that he's so good looking that people, they think he's unapproachable or too cool to talk to. I don't know. Anyway, um, Tyler followed Bella around after the accident, trying to make up for almost killing her. Um, he even started sitting with them at the lunch, so that really didn't make Eric and Mike very happy. They didn't like that very much. 
Um, let's see. Um, Edward, oh yeah, Edward stopped talking to Bella in biology, and she decided that, you know, he really wished that he hadn't saved her life. Um, that would probably be pretty confusing. You know, I think if somebody saved my life, I would probably, you know, develop a closer relationship with them. Um, you know, but instead, Edward, you know, he completely stopped talking to Bella. You know, Bella, you know, she really kind of became depressed because, you know, she was now completely obsessed with Edward, and, you know, he completely ignored the fact that she was alive at all. On the first Tuesday of March, Jessica, she called Bella to ask her if it was okay, you know, if she asked Mike to the Girls' Choice Spring Dance. Um, of course, Bella said, you know, great, go for it, ask Mike, you know, um, and Bella, you know, she told her that she wasn't going to the dance anyway. Um, I think it's probably a really good thing that Bella wasn't going to the spring dance because I just can't even picture Bella dancing considering how clumsy she is in gym class alone. Dancing is just frightening to picture. Um, you know, the next day at school, Bella noticed that Jessica was looking really down and out and, you know, she sat really far away from Mike at lunch and, um, she was really nervous that you know, Mike had turned her down. Um, so in biology, you know, Mike tells Bella that Jessica invited him to the dance and he said he'd have to think about it uh, because he was wondering if Bella was going to ask him. If she told him that she was not going to the dance um, because she was going to Seattle. But I think it took some serious guts <laughs> for Mike to say all that in front of Edward. Um, if I was Mike, I would have... Um, waited to ask Bella until I was alone with her or on the way to gym or anything but in front of Edward. Um, anyway, when Bella looked up, Edward was staring at her curiously. You know, she stared back at him, and they continued to stare at each other for a long time until the teacher called um, on Edward to answer a question, which, of course, he could answer. But um, after class, Edward said Bella's name, and she was like, well, I'll just read this part because I really like it. So anyway, Bella answers... What, are you speaking to me again, I finally asked, an unintentional note of petulance in my voice. His lips, his lips twitched, fighting a smile. No, not really, he admitted. I closed my eyes and inhaled slowly uh, through my nose, aware that I was gritting my teeth. He waited. Then what do you want, Edward, I asked, keeping my eyes closed. It was easier to talk to him coherently that way. I'm sorry, he sounded sincere. I'm being rude, I know, but it's better this way, really. I opened my eyes. His face was serious. I don't know what you mean, I said. My voice was guarded. It's better we're not friends, he explained. Trust me. My eyes narrowed. I'd heard that before. It's too bad you didn't figure that out earlier, I hissed through my teeth. You could have saved yourself all this regret. Regret? Those, uh, the word in my tone obviously caught him off guard. Regret for what? For, uh, for, not letting me, for not letting that stupid van squish me. He was astonished. He stared at me in disbelief. When he finally spoke, he almost sounded mad. You think I regret saving your life? I know you do, I snapped. You don't know anything. He was definitely mad. Okay, there are several things about that passage I want to talk about. First off, why would he even bother apologizing to her just to tell her that, you know, he wasn't really, you know, talking to her and that they shouldn't be friends? That just kind of seemed like a waste of time and breath to me, but... I did think it was really cute, though, when Bella asked him if he was speaking to her again, and he had to try not to smile, but I just think Edward's cute, so. <laughs> I also like how this time Bella wasn't going to trust him because of the way it turned out last time when he'd asked her to trust him about not telling about the accident. Um, oh, and I also wanted to know, uh, do you think that anyone else in the room could hear their argument? Because, you know, surely, you know, the teacher at least was still in the room. I don't know what I would think if I heard somebody fighting about... <laughs> Uh, how they shouldn't be friends and wishing that they hadn't saved someone's life. That would just be really bizarre to hear. 
Mm. Anyway, after the argument, Bella, she stormed out of the room, you know, and being clumsy, like always, she tripped on the door jam and uh, dropped all of her books, which, of course, Edward picked up for her. She thanked him and walked away, and, you know, she didn't look back at him again. Okay, I really love this part after school when they um, all the boys keep asking her to go to the girls' choice dance. Okay, first Eric is waiting by her truck and asks Bella to the dance, who um, replies, isn't it girls' choice? Okay, that's probably uh, what my immediate uh, thought would be. I mean, especially after already being asked by one guy to the girls' choice dance. I felt really sorry for the poor guy, though. Um, then Bella told him, you know, the Seattle excuse, and when Eric was walking off, Edward, he kind of walked by and he laughed. So Bella got really mad and got into her truck, and she backed out really fast to leave, but Edward was already, you know, blocking her way in his Volvo. And, uh, you know, I love how she considers taking out the rear <laughs> end of his car, um, but there's too many witnesses. So I kind of wonder, you know, would she have done it if they had been alone? But we'll never know. But anyway, then Tyler came up to her window and, uh, and asked her, you know, if she would ask him to the dance. And she tells him she's going to be out of town. Um, he had heard that from Mike, but he was hoping, he said he was hoping that she was just letting him down easy. I thought that was so funny. But then he said there was always prom, and he, like, ran away so fast Bella couldn't say anything. So, and Bella, she saw Edward in his car shaking with laughter. I think this is so funny. I also think that it's kind of crazy that three different guys asked her to the girls' choice dance. It's really ridiculous. But, <laughs> anyway... Then when Ella got, uh, Bella got home and the phone was ringing, she was, um, she said she was afraid to answer it. You know, I would be too if, you know, I'd be wondering which one of those guys was calling me to ask me again to the dance or, you know, even someone else calling to ask me. I'd be so scared if I was Bella. But it was just Jessica who was calling her to tell her that Mike said yes and she was all excited and after she got off, um, the phone with Jessica, all of her thoughts, you know, they kind of returned to Edward. You know, she was worried uh, that he didn't want to be friends with her. And, you know, he knew that she was so obsessed with him. That's why he didn't want to be friends because um, he realized that she was really obsessed and he wasn't interested at all. So she decided that she was going to totally forget about him. Okay, you're right. Um, if I had ever met Edward, I would not be able to just forget about him. So, so I really don't even know why Bella even tried. Um... The next day at school, Bella, she parks as far away from Edward as possible, you know, because she's trying to forget him and not notice him. But So when she gets out of the truck, she drops her keys, but Edward just happens to be there to pick them up. So Edward, you know, tells her about the, why he had the traffic jam, you know, the day before, because he wanted Tyler to have his chance to ask Bella to the dance. Um, so Bella gets really mad at him. Um when he tells her that she's absurd, and so she walks away, and he runs after her, and... He tells her he has something to ask her, and then she asks him if uh, he has multiple personality disorder. Okay, I think that's a really valid question. Seriously, if a guy had been acting so strange to me, um, and especially for so long, I would really kind of question his stability for sure. Um, but I really love this next part when he asks her what she's going to do the day of the dance, um, and she wants to know if he thinks he's funny. Um, I just think Edward is so cute back in the early days. It really makes me smile. I don't know. Anyway, he asked her to go to Seattle with him, and she agrees. And, of course, then he warns her that she should stay away from him. But, okay, maybe uh, I'll just read it because, seriously, I laughed so hard the first time I read it. And uh, it gave me butterflies because I thought it was so cute. Well, I think it might actually be better if you read it yourself. 
So go read that little section. It's really short, but it was so cute. It'll remind you of the early days of the romance and how sweet and cute Edward was. Okay. Sick. Moving on. Um, I don't know if I was Bella, if I would go to Seattle with this guy. You know, on one side, he did save her life and, you know, he was super hot. You know, but on the other hand, uh, you know, he was always telling her that they shouldn't be friends and acting crazy rude to her. You know, it would be kind of a hard choice. But I guess, you know, if Edward was staring me in the eyes, I would say yes, for sure. If I could even, you know, come up with an answer. So, you know, the first time I read the book, I was so confused by his behavior. You know, I could not figure out what was wrong with him. But the one thing I did know was that I seriously loved him. Um, I was so turned on by his behavior. Um, okay, that sounded kind of bad. Um, I don't mean in the creepy way. I just meant that I was attracted to the mystery of Edward. You know, he was just so intriguing and charming and cute. Um, I don't really think there's any more chapter four. So, okay, moving on to chapter five, which is called Blood Type. Um, the chapter starts out right after uh, Edward asks Bella to go to Seattle with him. Uh, she walks uh, in late to English and finds that Mike isn't sitting by her anymore. I kind of thought, you know, that was immature of Mike, you know, just because she didn't ask him to the dance, you know. He was just kind of being childish, but I guess he got over it because Mike and Eric were both waiting for Bella at the door after class. Um, then at lunch, you know, Bella noticed that Edward wasn't at the table with his family, but Jessica, the ever-watchful gossip, you know, she noticed and she said, Edward Cullen is staring at you again, and... She also wondered why he was sitting alone, so, you know, Bella immediately looked, and she saw that Edward was motioning to her to come sit with him, so she did, and, you know, Bella said this was different, and Edward responded by saying, I decided as long as I was going to hell, I might as well do it thoroughly. Okay, if somebody said that to me, I think I would definitely take offense to it, and I'd be really confused, but Bella took it in stride, as she always does, so Edward tells her that, you know, she's really hard to read and that he's done trying to stay away from her and he gives her you know the same old warnings as always but I thought you know the first time I read this about her being hard to read I didn't really realize the full and you know what the full meaning of it that he couldn't read her mind at all like he could everyone else the first time I just kind of thought you know she just didn't let her emotions show all over her face which is kind of interesting for someone so pale that blushes so much then Bella goes to biology class and you know Edward tells her that he's ditching so in biology class they're doing a blood typing lab and Mike was being the uh, demonstrator and when Mr. Banner pricked Mike's finger um Bella you know she started to sweat and you know then her stomach started heaving you know she really thought she was going to faint but Mr. Banner noticed and you know Mike volunteered to take her to the nurse um so once they were outside Bella kept you know demanding that Mike keep his hand in his pocket um and then Edward came up and carried her uh, to the office, and Mike didn't like that at all. Okay, it was kind of funny, because they kind of had a little tiff about who was going to take her to the office, and Edward just kind of blew off Mike and just took her anyway, and Mike kind of yelled after him. I don't know, it was just kind of funny. But um, Edward really enjoyed seeing all of Bella's blood queasiness. He kept really teasing her about it, and he was just having a good time. So uh, Mike brought another student, Lee, to the office, I guess the nurse, and um, so uh, when Lee came in, Bella and Edward both kind of like darted out, and then Bella told Edward that, you know, blood smelled like rust and salt, and he stared at her with this unfathomable expression, and it's really kind of interesting here because, you know, it was, she said this right after Bella, you know, Edward had said to Bella that humans can't smell blood, so I don't really know what this means, but I'm really interested to find out. 
So um, then Mike came outside and he was kind of taunting Edward by, um, you know, asking Bella if, you know, she's, she's still coming to the beach. And, you know, Bella says she is. And so um, I really like the part of the chapter <laughs> um, when Bella is like, poor Mike, I'll bet he's mad. And then Edward says, he absolutely loves me, said Edward cheerfully. Um, I think it's kind of cute how Edward seems like that Mike, he seems like proud you know, Edward seems proud that Mike doesn't like him because he thinks he's stealing Bella from him. I don't know, I just think it's cute. Anyway, then Bella gets out of gym class and they leave the office together. And, you know, Bella asks Edward to go to the beach and she tells him that they're going to first beach in the push. And, you know, he tells her that he wasn't invited and he wasn't going to push Mike any further. So he insists on driving her home and he tells her that Alice will bring her truck home. And on the way home, um,. They talk about, like, Bella's mom and what she's like compared to Bella. And, you know, Edward tells Bella that she seems older than 17. And um, she says the same thing about him. And um, Bella asks Edward some question about his family. And he tells her that his parents died many years ago. And then he tells her he has to go and pick up his siblings. And, you know, tells her he'll be gone tomorrow because he's going camping with Emmett in the Goat Rocks Wilderness. Um... Then he told her, you know, at the very end, not to have any accidents at the beach because, you know, she was kind of prone to attracting accidents. Um, I think that's it for the chapter. Um, this chapter is really short comparatively, but I guess a lot still happened. Um, the relationship of Bella and Edward really progressed in this chapter. So I was really sad that Edward wasn't going to the beach, though, the first time I read it. I hope that he might show up. I think that covers it for chapter five. At least I can't think of anything else important. Um, also I've gotten a few emails about guest hosting. Okay, to clear up confusion, you have to be able to talk over your computer, not on the phone to do this. So if you're interested in guest hosting, send me an email at kaylin at a bluehour.com. I will leave you with the song for my Twilight playlist for, to, for today. I guess I'll pick chapter five because it's the last one. You know, but the song's kind of obvious and unimaginative, but it's still my song for chapter five, so... Enjoy Claude Debussy, Claire de Lune.
Well, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed a Blue Hour Twilight Podcast, Episode 3. Don't forget you can find us at abluehour.com.